In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Well, good morning and welcome to the second Sunday of Epiphany. My name is Matt Hogg. I'm a vicar in the London Diocese of the Church St. Albans Fulham, based here in West London. It is a pleasure and a joy to welcome you today as we join together in worship for one of the oldest feasts in the church. At Epiphany, we remember Jesus' divinity, the revelation of his divinity, both to the Magi and to the Gentiles, but also at his baptism in the River Jordan. And today we're going to hear from different voices leading us in sung worship, but also giving readings too. Feel free to sing in your homes. It's the benefit of being at home is that we can sing out uh, as loud as we, as we want and join in. So um, at the same time, if you don't know the songs, that's absolutely okay. I would encourage you to listen to the words and let God minister to you through the words that are being sung. So let's join together for our first song. Yeah, you're 
the grace of God has dawned upon the world through our Saviour Jesus Christ, who sacrificed himself for us to purify a people as his own. Let us confess our sins. God, be gracious to us and bless us and make your face shine upon us. Lord, have mercy. May your ways be known on the earth, your saving power among the nations. Christ, have mercy. You, Lord, have made known your salvation and reveal your justice in the sight of the nations. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us. Forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We're going to have now our first reading from the Old Testament. A reading from the first book of Samuel, chapter 1, verse 3 to 10. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again, a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hello, my name is Samantha and I'm a district nurse in Epsom. We visit as a team about 80 housebound patients a day. These tend to be the invisible patients on your street, the people you used to see out and about. Do you remember Betty always out chatting on the road? Or Bill, who would walk his dog every day, but you haven't seen him for a while. And often these people live alone and they usually have fit into one of three groups. Sometimes people have a short-term need and then they don't need us anymore. Some people have a long-term chronic condition that they can't manage on their own. And for some, it's palliative care that people need at the end of life. I find it a real privilege to be able to be allowed into people's homes, to hear their stories, um, to walk with them on these journeys. And many people that we see now are, are tired and weary. They're feeling dry and uh, struggling through covid as nurses too, we're trained and equipped to do our job. Um, as I say, it's a privilege, but we faced extra challenges, obviously with COVID, looking after people with COVID at home, managing staff absences, nurses off with 
uh, illness or quarantining um, or so on or shielding. And also as a team with the stress and the the long term nature of this is also beginning to take its toll. A lot of nurses are feeling tired and dry and weary. As a Christian, I try and pray each day and ask that God will use me for his purposes. Um, and I found it helpful to remember that Jesus is concerned about wholeness and pointing people to, he would often point people as well as physically healing them. He would point them to his heavenly father or to himself um, as a source of their wholeness. This week I've been reading the story of the Samaritan woman and was struck again by Jesus being concerned about her wholeness in relationship, in community, with her fullness of life as well as her eternal life. Jesus said in John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, I'm just going to read that now, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus is the water for a dry soul. He can bring wholeness and healing and restoration. And I try and remember that this week for my patients and for myself, to try and remember to come to him as my source of living water. Some words now from Psalm 139, the first nine verses. Some powerful truths for us to listen to today. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. The Gospel according to John 1, 43 to 51. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come, come and see. And when Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, he said of him, There is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you come to know me? And Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Well, these are amazing passages, aren't they? And such a treat for us to spend a bit of time considering them, this epiphany or this time when we remember the revelation, the manifestation of Christ. And that's what we hope for 
and pray for each time we open the Bible, as we read the words contained in it. We want not just information, we, although that is good, of course, but we want transformation of our hearts and minds and our lives through the manifestation of Christ. So I'd invite you to pull open a Bible. Maybe you want to use uh, an analog version, a hard copy paper version, or you might want to go digital and you can look at a Bible app or look at a website. Bible Gateway is a great website to look at for, uh, to access scripture and the words contained in the Bible. We're going to focus in on, in the next few minutes, in the Old Testament reading, especially as we look at this encounter that the young prophet Samuel has with God. And it's sometimes hard for us to just sort of parachute into a passage like this. It's hard to sort of get your bearings. But I wanted to give you maybe a little bit of a a framework so you can uh, get your orientation and, and get your bearings. Because this book was written about 900 years BC before Christ and it begins with the birth of Samuel. You may remember the story. Hannah, Samuel's mother, wasn't able to conceive. She calls out to God, asks for a, a child, asks for a son and God answers her prayer and gives her Samuel and she gives birth to Samuel. Samuel is then dedicated to God by Hannah, by his mother and that's why he's growing up in the temple under the leadership of Eli. Samuel then becomes a highly respected leader and priest and prophet who anoints the first of the Israelite kings. And this book is packed full of great things. Some of the accounts and stories not so well known, others more known, like the account of David and Goliath, all contained within 1 Samuel. And the purpose of 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel and actually kings and judges and Joshua together as a set really are to show God revealing himself in the midst of human sinfulness and points to God's plans for sending a Messiah who would bring hope and life to the world. Anyway, hope that gives you a bit of of an orientation. So let's dive straight into our passage 1 Samuel chapter 3. And we come straight to this account with Samuel, whose name means heard of God. And hearing God's voice is exactly what he is doing, which is what he didn't realize was happening. He thought that Eli was speaking to him. And actually God was speaking to him. He later discovers that God is calling him by name. And this is the moment where God called Samuel into his role as prophet, priest and leader. And what I particularly want to hone in on is this uh, is verse seven. And this is what it says in verse seven. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And I find that totally fascinating. This boy who'd been dedicated to God, who was growing up in the temple, who was being mentored by the high priest Eli, who was sleeping in the temple by the Ark of the Covenant in the temple with a name like Herd of God. He did not know the Lord. And I find that so interesting because we can know a lot about God. You can have degrees in God. You can grow up as a Christian. You can have a lot of information about God. Your dad can be a vicar, as mine was but we may not know God. And at this moment, God is revealing himself to Samuel. He's beginning to speak to him. Samuel is experiencing God in his life. 
He's beginning to know God. And that word know is an interesting one. It is used in many places. I think of John 10 as an example. Jesus, he's saying uh, to those around him, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And that word know means knowledge through experience. It's not just an accumulation of facts, but it involves experiential knowledge. It speaks of an intimacy, of relationship. And Samuel in this passage experiences God. We can experience God in our lives too. Lots of world religions are about what we can do to get to God and experience God. But the Christian faith is all about what God has done to draw near to us, to come near to mankind so that we can get to know him. Just as God has revealed himself to Samuel on that very night, he ultimately reveals himself to the world through his son, Jesus Christ. Everything that God wanted to say to the world, he says through the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus on that cross, He stretches out his hand and in his body, he's bringing us close to God. Doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done or what hell or dark place you find yourself in. There's nowhere that God cannot find you. There's nowhere that you've, that where God cannot shine his love into your heart and give you an experience of forgiveness and freedom. In Christ, nothing can separate us from the love of God. This is the good news. Samuel heard God's voice. We too can experience the presence and reality of God in our lives as well. So what do we need to do? Well, the first thing is come expectant. Come expectant. Turn your hearts towards God. Be ready to hear him speak to you. Samuel didn't expect God to speak to him. So he didn't know it was God when he showed up. But what about next time that you open your Bible and you read some verses or or you pray? Come with a posture of listening. Next time you tune into a Sunday service online or, um, or you in some way engage and turn your hearts to God. Have a journal, maybe a piece of paper and a pen. Write down some things that maybe have resonated with you maybe a verse or a word from, from scripture that has, that has impacted you in some way or just landed in some way. Have a regular reading plan of the Bible so that you're reading the Bible regularly, not just sort of dipping into it. But by the Spirit of God, this is his primary way of speaking to us through his word to encourage us, to comfort us and to challenge, but also to bring life. And encourage you, why not start with, with Mark's gospel, the shortest of the gospels. And why don't you just dedicate yourself for the next few weeks to see whether you can read a chapter a day or just start reading through Mark's gospel and listen out to what God might, might be saying to you. Come expectant. It's the first thing. Second thing, come in humility. Verse 9 in 1 Samuel 3 says this, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Are we prepared to hear God's voice? Maybe through the poor, through our enemies, 
through our neighbours. Nathaniel, in the New Testament reading, he didn't expect anything good to come out of Nazareth. In the same way, watch out for God's voice in unexpected places. Don't think because you are too young or too old or not academic or don't work for the church or not ordained that it means that God doesn't want to reveal himself to you. Put aside your qualifications or lack of that you think you may have. God wants to speak to you. God wants to show himself to you through Jesus. Come in repentance. Come in humility. Come in faith. Trusting that Jesus has good things in store for you. As we do that, anything is possible because he wants to bring not just information, but transformation of our hearts, minds and lives through the manifestation of Christ. Let us declare our faith in God. We believe in God the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God the Son who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with his love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Breathe. 
Let's turn our attention to prayer in this time. Let's take a moment to reflect on what God may have been speaking to you about or has highlighted for you. And let's take a moment to thank him for it. Let's thank him for the way that he maybe has drawn close to you as you've been watching and engaging. Maybe the sense of peace uh, or, or sense of comfort in this moment. Let's approach this time of prayer in the same way that Samuel did in that in that account where we say, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let's pray for peace, for the political unrest that we've been seeing in other countries, in America, in our news, we've been reading of maybe countries where there has been unrest. Father, we think of these countries, especially America. Lord, we pray for your peace. Lord, we pray that you, as the Prince of Peace, of the increase of your government and peace, there'll be no end. Lord, we pray for your comfort and peace in these countries. And Lord, we pray for our own country. Again, that there would be peace and a sense of your presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let's pray for the NHS and medical workers and key workers. Lord, we 
thank you for the gift of the NHS. Thank you for the gift of these amazing men and women who give sacrificially of themselves, Lord, to serve our country. Lord, we pray for your protection. We pray for your peace. Lord, we pray for your presence and strength. Thank you for each one of them. Lord, would they know you as, uh, Lord, know that you are close and know that you are near uh, in this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let's pray for our leaders and bishops and maybe think of your own diocesan bishop. Think of your own vicar or those uh, leaders around you. Lord, thank you for each one of these leaders that have touched us in so many different ways. Lord, thank you for our diocesan bishops. Thank you for our archbishops. Lord, for our local councillors and for our government. Lord, we pray for your presence and your peace and your protection in this time. Give them wisdom, Lord, to help them lead and to guide Um, guide us, Lord, but guide them by your spirit. In your mercy, we pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Almighty God, in Christ you make all things new. Transform the poverty of our nature by the riches of your grace. And in the renewal of our lives, Make known your heavenly glory through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We're going to pray now the words that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Sometimes we find prayer challenging and, uh, uh, and a mystery. And the disciples at the same time found the same thing. That's why they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And this is the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And the church has been praying for 2,000 years. Let's pray together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for our service. And we hope that you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as you go into this week with all that you are doing in all the different places, Zoom meetings and uh, things that you're doing in your communities to serve and to pray for, homeschooling, all of these different things that we're involved in. God bless you in it. If you're not plugged into a local church, why don't you find out through a church near you, an amazing website. You can put in your postcode and it will show you where your nearest parish church is. And you can find community, you can find connection and uh, an opportunity to explore further some of the things you've heard today. And I would encourage you to do that. Let me close with a prayer of blessing. Christ, the Son of God, perfect in you the image of his glory and gladden your hearts with the good news of his kingdom and the blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen. We're going to finish with a final song of worship as we close today. God bless you. Giving up control, 
See you. 